our body systems um, really rely heavily on well, probiotic bacteria and enzymes. And enzymes need minerals and or vitamins to function. And without those minerals, you have less enzymatic activity, which means less energy, less everything else that's going on. So you need the minerals. That's a very important part of our body's function. Want to truly be the best parent you can be and help your child thrive after their autism diagnosis? This podcast is for all in parents like you who know more is possible for your child. With each episode, we reveal a secret that empowers you to be the parent your child needs now, saving you time, energy, and money, and helping you focus on what truly matters most, your child. I'm Cass. And I'm Len. Welcome to Autism Parenting Secrets. Welcome to the show. It's Len. And when it comes to supporting your child on the spectrum, perhaps the biggest mistake a parent can make is to think that their child eating better doesn't matter, that food won't make a difference. And the truth is that what we eat absolutely matters. It profoundly affects our health and wellness, our resilience, how we think, how we behave, the emotions we feel, all of that. And so those are all things that you're likely wanting to help improve for your child. And today, that's why we're going to talk about the importance of food, going a little bit deeper on why it matters so much. Because the naysayers who say it doesn't matter, they're flat out wrong. Don't buy into it. So maybe a key thing to keep in mind is that food isn't about calories. It's about nourishment. And it's giving the body really what it needs to thrive. So we're talking about, you know, nutrients, proteins, fats, amino acids, vitamins, minerals. The right foods have the answer, but it's harder and harder to find foods that really provide what the body needs. So the secret this week is don't tolerate mineral deficiencies. And my guess is Jeff Thurston, who's going to provide very useful perspectives from a parent's perspective, as well as from someone who's devoted their career now to helping parents get the nutrition that their bodies need, their child's body needs, and making it easier to have those building blocks to allow the body to do what it's naturally designed to do, which is thrive. So thanks so much for joining me today, Jeff. Well, you're very welcome, Len. So minerals, mineral deficiencies, a topic that I'm guessing our listeners absolutely have heard if they've touched on it. But I think what you're going to share is about how particularly minerals might really be an area that's overlooked. So can you talk a little bit about why that's the case? And in terms of a background, I know you're a parent, you have a road that you've traveled, which has really informed your appreciation of this topic. So share whatever you think might be relevant for our audience. Yeah, uh, for me, everything has been a journey to kind of get where I am right now, to be honest with you. Um, I started out in a bio lab, um, and I just morally couldn't continue to do that. So I got into sales, then I got into, and and sales was lawn and garden, and there were so many chemicals. And then I I ended up in organic agriculture. Um, I met my partner there, um, my business partner, and uh, we started uh, Master Supplements in 2002 and went into probiotics. But we were both dealing with, um, organic agriculture and, and in, in organic agriculture, you, 
you're you're looking at what Mother Nature gave us to work with. Right. So let's just um, start with this little simple fact. If you look at the grass in the untouched soil um, on the prairie, the roots go down six or seven feet. There may be as many as three tons of bacteria, actinomycetes, and fungi in that soil. In modern agriculture, we turn the soil over, right? We put chemicals on there. The roots don't go down more than a foot. And it's those bacteria and fungi that take a lot of the nutrients in the soil and put them into the food that we're eating. So that, you know, there's, there's a lot of different chemicals out there. One of my favorite ones is one that most people don't even talk about, yttrium, right? Right? It, it's not found in any human tissue, but we need it, you know? But that doesn't get into a plant without having some sort of um, transport mechanism to get from the soil into the plant and into the into the leaf that we eat uh, or the animal eats and when we eat the animal we get all this nutrition you know modern farming and agriculture and chemicals has just taken so much of that away from us right and i think it's worth pausing on that because many would just say hey listen food is food growing vegetables and all that it's maybe there's some more chemicals but it's not that much different but what you're proposing is no it uh, in terms of the food getting ultimately the nutrients that are necessary, it's a wildly different situation now. Oh, sure. You can go back and look into some and books and some papers that were done in the 90s, 1990. And, and you can look and see where there's reductions of 30% of, say, calcium in certain foods just from modern agriculture. And this is 30 years ago. And you know, we had lost 30%. So when you're looking at going to eat something that's going to have nutrition, if it's 30% less than it was before, everybody says, well, there's still some there. Well, there's not enough there. Now, our body systems um, really rely heavily on, well, probiotic bacteria and enzymes. And enzymes need minerals and or vitamins to function. And without those minerals, you have less enzymatic activity, which means less energy, less everything else that's going on. So you need the minerals. That's a very important part of how our body's function. And I know when I used to, especially early on, when I would go to uh, conferences, enzymes were a big thing that people were talking about. And I, I never really fully understood the benefit other than, you know, the, the di digestive tract, let's say if your child is hampered in some way and it can't really digest the food, um, uh, uh, your child can't digest the food that they're eating, then enzymes will help with that. But what you're touching on is more from um, even an even deeper way, uh, reason why enzymes really matter from a mineral perspective. Right. We've all heard of antioxidants, right? Well, when when you have this oxidation and reduction process going on, you, you're just it's a matter of donating electrons here and there. But one of the waste products, if you will, of of some oxidation is hydrogen peroxide, and it. Anything that utilizes oxygen now or has been needs catalase to break down hydrogen peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide is a byproduct. So one single unit of catalase can break down a million molecules of hydrogen peroxide in one second. That needs a mineral. We've heard of glutathione. Well, glutathione needs a mineral, selenium. Superoxide dismutase, it needs a mineral, zinc. So it's all these minerals that help all these biochemical processes. Yes. Enzymes are important for digestion, you know, and, and I want to touch on digestion a little bit in a minute, but all these other biochemical processes, uh, there's so many enzymes that are absolutely critical to our, our function. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really elaborate dance that happens 
right? That if you're eating real food in a non-toxic environment, um, the, the body can get what it needs. But now, especially the way food is so wildly changed in terms of processed food and in terms of uh, farming methods, um, it's just, it's really almost impossible to do without intentionally understanding what's going on and supporting your body uh, in some other way. Because if you're just relying, and my wife and I, we do, we rely on food as the main way that we, you know, all thrive. My, my son, my daughter, my wife and I, and my son's got crazy uh, allergies to pretty much anything. So we shy away from supplements because of the ingredients. There's a lot of times there's lousy ingredients or stuff that just my son might be allergic to that would be in supplements. So we try as much as possible to get it through food, which is why we buy organic, non-processed and put a lot of money into the healthiest food we can get. But even when you do that, um, you, you still may be limited uh, because, um, you know, just again, the foods don't have what they used to have in it. Right. I, I, I've been teaching um, and trying to help parents a lot over the years with this food idea. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard of an earth box, but it's, it's something you can buy online. It's a square rectangular planter. And it's got a very simple watering system. You put organic soil in there. You can put some kelp in there and you can grow your own lettuce. You can grow your own cherry tomatoes. You can grow so many different plants in these things. And, and the kids can get involved in, in doing a little of that too. You know, they can get their hands dirty and, and start you know playing in the soil. But then when you eat those vegetables, you're getting the nutrition out of those vegetables. And guess what? They taste better. You know, in, in this day and age, uh, I live up in the Northeast. Right. I, there's never been a time in history where I can, maybe there was, but not that I can remember going back where I could walk out in the backyard and pick a banana. Right. So these, if you, you're eating bananas or, or, or some other avocados, wherever it's coming from a warm climate, it has to be picked and transported. Well, they can't pick it when it's ripe because it won't last. So you're, you're picking the fruit or the, the vegetables before they're ripe. And shipping them, and then and letting them ripen in in the air, you know, so that the, the nutrients that are supposed to be coming up into that that tomato or whatever, it's not getting there because they're picking it too early. Right. Yeah. No. That, that that's a point I think a lot of people don't understand is that because of how far away the food's coming, there's all kind of processes to be able to get it to the supermarket where it's looking, you know, ripe and ready to eat. But because it's not naturally staying on the vine or in the ground until it's ready, there's a lot of different methods like ethylene. I think it's ethylene gas that's used in the transport trucks to uh, to be able to make it all work, which is why like the idea of buying local and having produce that's you know from your area is, is so powerful from a nutrient perspective. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, a little story. I don't think there was anything called a supermarket prior to or, you know, you know, the end of World War II, mm -hmm. right? And all of a sudden now we have supermarkets and, and supermarkets have buyers. So there's a, a buyer for tomatoes or, or, or vegetables. There's a buyer for fruits. There's a buyer for cheese. There's a buyer, right? And, and they only put in their stores a, a limited selection of, you know, fruits and vegetables from, you know, and, and you're dealing with a buyer who's choosing what food goes into that store. If you go back into going to the local farmer's markets and buying food there, 
it's all from your area. It's it's the food that you were you know you you grew up on. You know, with with the mobile society now, it's a it's a whole lot different. But a lot of your genetics is tied to the grounds that you live you grew up on. You know, and and so the food that you ate from there. And if you're looking up here in the north, you could not get a tomato in January unless you had it canned. You know, or you know you couldn't get cucumbers unless they were pickled. You know, it, you had to get the food that was available at that time of year, apples in the fall. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you had, you know, so you ate meat and potatoes during the winter. That's what you used to survive. And you ate those foods. So you, you actually had this ebb and flow based upon light and everything else that's going on to, you know, give you the nourishment when you, when you were growing up. So going back to buying local fruits and vegetables that are grown organically is probably the best way to get whatever nutrition you can out of the food that you eat. But let's remember something about, you know, all this, this entire process. So we, we we're talking about, it is what you eat that matters, but it's not what you eat, but it's what you digest. And then it's not just what you digest, but what you assimilate and eliminate that matters. And, and part of the process of, of food, you know, when does digestion start? Where does it start? Most people point to their mouth, but it really starts right here, with your nose and your eyes, right? Because you start to smell food and your body systems now start to produce enzymes to you know, make your saliva start to flow and things of that sort. Then you put the food in your mouth. And I've watched so many people, they go chomp, chomp, swallow, chomp, chomp, swallow, chomp, chomp, swallow. And there's no way they're digesting their food. There's no way. So they have to chew their food. Chewing does several things. It breaks the food down. And then it lets the saliva mix with everything and all the enzymes start to work. Then it goes, then you swallow it, it goes into your stomach. Well, now here's where one of the real key things is. The stomach is to me a barrier, you know, of entry for bacteria. It kills most every bacterium that gets in there. The pH needs to be in that 1.5 to 3 range. Now, that, you know, if you went down to the hardware store and bought some muriatic acid to clean your concrete, that's about the same pH, and it's about the same chemical, hydrochloric acid. The pH has to be in that range because that's when proteins start to break down. If the pH is too high, proteins don't break down. Because now you have undigested food getting into your lower GI tract and in your colon, and now you have... I like to say putrefactive anaerobic bacteria growing, and that doesn't sound good to anybody. So the whole point is once that food is digested, it gets into your small intestine. Now you have to manage the terrain. And that's where fiber comes in as as so important. We don't make enzymes to break down fiber. That all comes from the bacteria in in your gut. And then in you and me, there's four to five pounds of bacteria. And they're breaking all these fibers down. And enzymes are, are funny if it's shaped like this, an enzyme has to fit like that. If you put a little, you know, um, an extra chain in there, this enzyme won't work. It has to be a different enzyme or two. So you, you know, there may be as many as 6,000 different enzymes we need to break down the fiber we eat. And we don't make any. So it has to come from your microbiome. So this whole process of food, you know, so I, I, you see the, the roots on a plant, how they work, where the stomach works or small intestine works a lot the same way. You have all these little microvilli and the, the food is absorbed through there. So it comes in through the plant, comes back into your body through a very similar sort of a, a system. 
So it's what you eat, how you eat it, you know, all makes a difference. I mean, that all rings true for me in so many ways. And it also, I think, may be why this seems overwhelming, perhaps, for parents, because it is so elaborate in terms of what goes on. And there's all these things to be mindful of. But you've touched on some obvious ones where just the importance of chewing. I know that's a huge issue even for me still now as an adult uh, to allow the saliva to start breaking things down. And I know a lot of kids inhale their food, which has huge consequences. Um, you touched on fiber, where I know a lot of our kids, particularly on the spectrum, uh, they're not getting enough fiber through food. And, and again, if the body doesn't have that, there's a whole host of downstream impacts that come from a lack of fiber, uh, which is why, you know, just going through and buying a bunch of supplements isn't necessarily the answer, but getting clear on what's going on with your particular child, what are they taking in that's beneficial, what might they be missing um, is a key area to focus on, uh, to work with the right doctor, to get the right testing perhaps, to kind of tell you, hey, what's going on in there. Uh, but otherwise, even without doing that, just by eating cleaner food, non-processed food, avoiding the toxic food, um, and, um, and, and just really eating real fruits and vegetables, mainly vegetables and, and, and cleaner proteins, even if that's just what you commit to do, I mean, you can go a long way with just some of those, some of those moves. But to get more precise idea of what might be really missing in your child's diet that's holding them back, you know, yeah, that's focusing there is well worth the time and effort. It is worth the time and effort, and everyone is different, and and that and therein lies the, the, the rub. But if you go go back and look at what Mother Nature has done for us all of our lives. You know, she didn't do any blood testing. You know, she didn't do any stool testing. She didn't do any you know, testing. She just gave you food. And then, and, you know, yes, there were infectious agents and things of that sort that, that went around and there were people who died. Um, but for the most part, we survived based upon the food we ate and the work that we did, you know, to, to grow the food or hunt, the, you know, hunt, you know, and it's been going on for hundreds of thousands of years, you know, and, you know, I, we have a, we have a medical industry that doesn't care about our food and, you know, and it's just, it, to me, it's one of the most important things that we do. One of my things came by accident. You know, I've been doing conferences for 20 some years now, and I went and picked up one supplement, which was a blue green algae from Klamath Lake, I think. And I, and I, I gave some to my daughter because I, you know, I kind of believed what the guy was saying. I, I liked what he was saying. I trusted him. As far as you can trust somebody you just met, you know, but um, you and, I took it back and, and my daughter took it and she went to school and we got a call from the school a couple of days later and said, what did you do? Gail is acting so normally. Right. And then and then some reports came out that this product had, you know, too much. Um, I think it was arsenic or something like that. And he took it off the market. And all of a sudden the teacher calls up and says, what happened? She went back to the way she was before. So just a little thing like that made such a difference that it was noticeable by her teachers. You know, so these little things can happen, but how do you find them? You know, it's it's serendipity. Is it, is it, you know, is it luck? Is it divine intervention? I don't know, but you end up in a certain place and you try something and it can work. You know, it doesn't all have to be, you're, you're always on the lookout, but sometimes you're not looking in the right places and sometimes it just shows up and that makes a difference. Right, right. 
Well, I, I know I would have loved going back to when everything started with my son. I would have loved to stay to sleep eating processed food and not really thinking that you're not really understanding that diet made a difference. Uh, but because of everything with him totally uh, was the reason why my perspective shifted, how I developed a sincere uh, appreciation for why all this matters, because uh, I saw how incredibly impactful it was for him. Uh, so how about for, from your standpoint with you as a parent, what what happened, whatever you'd like to share in terms of your background, what led you to, wait a second, this is important or at least more important than you thought initially? Because I, I find that parents won't make the shift for themselves usually, but when it comes to their child, they're able to take in new perspectives. Yeah, to me, it's it's observation. You know, if you, well, there's there are actually several parts of this thing, but one of it is just, is, is if you try a new food and you see that there's a poor reaction or a good reaction, all right? If you see there's a poor, you stop. I mean, that, that's obvious, right? If you see a good reaction, you go, hmm. I wonder what it was. I mean, and that that made that difference. And and in this day and age, it's really difficult because you know both parents are working. You know, the the, the challenges of time is in, is incredible. And but charting, most people can't remember what happened two days ago mm. at a certain time. What did I eat two days ago? What did you eat last Thursday? Most people can't remember what they did, right? So if you can just chart things a little bit, you know, like. Pick three or four um, things that you find are significant with your child, whether it's it's, it's bowel movements, whether it's it's gas and, and you know bloating or whatever it is, or just you know some you know just outbursts of any kind, right? Behavioral those things. All right, so those are the three things that matter to you, right? So you chart them and you eat food every day. Write down a little bit of what you did, and you know two days later, all of a sudden you see a you know, there's a, a little flare up. Well, what what was it? Was it the last thing they ate or was it something they ate two days ago? You know, so there's a little bit of, of, of charting that you can do simple. I mean, it's only three things we're looking at to start with and, and just Monday, that, 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 that. And that's, it should take only about two minutes to, to do that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, because a lot of this comes down to, you know, things like, you know, the cell danger response. It just takes a long time for it to get to the cell where it starts to happen, where things can kind of go awry. Yeah, I couldn't agree with with you more that just tracking is really important. It's kind of what I did for a living at the time, especially when my son was diagnosed and he had major health challenges. So I would do what you just suggested only on about 25 data points. Uh, I kind of did overkill, but you don't have to do that. Just start simple and just know that particularly, whether it's a diet change or any other intervention that you might be doing to, to help your child, Tracking is key. And a lot of times, as I think Jeff was alluding to, you will be able to see an impact. It may not be that day. It may not be the next day. There may be a delayed impact on what's going on with your child. But if you are tracking and you're making it easy for yourself, not tracking too much, you'll be able to see the patterns. You'll be able to see uh, what those factors are that might be contributing to, whether it's you know, health issues for your child where they, they, their, their stomach's inflamed, they feel pain, or whether it is behavioral, simple tracking can, for such a little amount of time that you might invest in doing it each day, can really give you incredibly important information. And I will add one thing. This is something else I always tell talk to folks about. Mom and dad, chart yourselves. Yeah. Because if either parent is 
not doing well. They're not taking care of themselves and, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're harming their health, you know, to help their child. If they're not in a good mood, everybody in the house goes down. Yep. But if they're in a good mood, everybody in the house comes up. So it's, it's a matter of, of moms and dads, you have to take care of yourselves too. Because I know everything is all about how do I fix this? You know, how do I do everything here? And sometimes you let yourself slide a little bit and that then can be harmful to you. So if you're buying these foods, you know, again, it's, it, it, it comes down to cost. Everybody says organic food is too expensive. What's the cost of, of eating garbage that's cheap? It's higher, you know, because you have more medical bills. You have more other bills that you have to go through. Sometimes just eating better food costs a little bit more, but it can make a big difference in other costs down the road. Yeah, and it's a time frame thing because yes, or eating organic is is absolutely more expensive now. But long term, the long term, if you if you just focus on the short term, you won't do anything worthwhile. But if you focus on what from a long term perspective, what are the long term benefits? What are the long term costs? And comparing that, um, it's it's a it's then an easy decision. Uh, but yes, it, it comes with an ability to make that investment now as opposed to paying the costs. You know year by year over time. Um, yeah, what's the most expensive food in the world? The food that doesn't get you better. Yeah. <laughs> or, or actually food that actually makes you worse, right? Which is which, yes, 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 right. Which, which we could have a totally separate podcast on that and we have many times. And and thanks, Chuck. What you said earlier on, if we rewind a couple minutes, was basically a commercial for this podcast and, and the coaching my wife and I do because parent, you are... The absolute key. It's not not just lip service that we're giving. You modeling for your child the things that you want to see in them. And so, you know, food and good nutrition and nourishing cells is what you want for your child. Yeah, track yourself as well. And you can, and ultimately the tracking and just some self-reflection, you could wind up making maybe even a few modifications to what you're eating as well that again can help you truly be the best parent you can be because if you're if you're saddled if you're burnt out if you're low energy you can't by definition be doing your best for your child you don't have enough in your own tank uh so yeah i love the tracking and again you don't have to overcomplicate it um but yeah parent yes it's all about your child and you want to focus on them but if you ignore yourself you know, you you basically are you're 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 falling down out of the gate if if you don't ensure that you're giving some focus on your own health and well-being and your own resiliency. Got it. And hopefully, some of these things come through and and lights a bell, uh, you know, rings a bell or lights a fire somewhere in in a parent somewhere along the line. I you know. We're early on when we were doing these conferences and we were, we were selling probiotics and and a lot of these young um, people, uh, they they'd be just lying on the couch. They're not verbal. They just lie on a couch and they're in a fetal position and and, and moaning and groaning. And uh, taking a probiotic might just help with some of the pain, right in their in their belly. Then they'll get down on the floor and play. And and just that simple thing, you, you know, you may not know what it was that was causing the the, the the issues that were going on, but you fix one of those things, then they can start to play. All of a sudden, their lives, everybody's life, just gets a little bit better. You know, just little things. Everything everything in this realm is incremental. 
Yeah, no, it's amazing. Again, what might help your child? It could be a number of things, but that's where having the curiosity is key. But we're focusing on this topic because just really having the belief, the the, the knowledge that um, food truly makes a difference, and that in this case, particularly minerals, since we're focusing on that, really matter. If you actually embrace that concept, there is so many uh, doors that open. And, uh, you know, again, Jeff and I aren't here giving medical advice, work with a practitioner, work with someone who really knows your child, who can help you be more precise with what is it rather than just buying a probiotic off the shelf. What is it that your particular child might need most? Um, that's the key. So just know that there's an incredible opportunity here. And that even though we wish just making diet changes alone can 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 be the answer. And in many cases, it can help tremendously. It's just some minerals, you, you might need some support because it's really, really hard to get it from food these days, you know, either because most food is processed. If, you, if you're going down that road, or as you alluded to Jeff earlier, it's grown differently. It just, you know, if you compared, and I always make the analogy with when people like, balk on, you know, hey, I ate these foods as a kid. So therefore my children, like I love Pop-Tarts as a kid. So I'm like, why can't I feed my kid a Pop-Tart? You know, what, what, what can, what's the harm? I turned out all right. And then of course, I always come back now with parents and say, if you could only compare the ingredient list now of Pop-Tarts versus the ones I ate back in the day, it's a wildly different product. It, at least the old Pop-Tarts had some uh, nourishment in there, still not a healthy product. But I think what you painted the picture with, and uh, and we've had other guests who have talked about this as well, including Dr. Zach Bush, is that that carrot or that vegetable is also wildly different now versus you know a couple decades ago. Which, again, some people may raise an eyebrow saying that that can't be true, but it, it truly is. Yeah, it's what you're growing in, you know. Um, you know. Again, I'm going to go back to that. That's my, one of my favorite words, yttrium, right? It's, you find it in cucumbers and red beans, right? If they're grown properly, you get you get that nutrition. But if you don't, you know, you're just eating cucumbers, you know, you're just eating cucumbers. If they don't have the minerals, you're not getting them. You know, they don't come out of anywhere. And then and then people are always talking about, well, we compost all our food. Well, that's that's great. Except that if there's no selenium or, or yttrium or zinc in the in the food that you're eating, there's none in your compost. You know, so it's, you're, you're not making it out of thin air. You know, these are, there's all the elements on the periodic table. Um, we need you know, some level or not. And then there's always the balance. You know, if you have too much zinc, you probably have too little copper. Yep. So if you just go out and buy a simple, you know, a, a multivitamin with a lot of minerals, um, but there's zinc and copper in there. Well, maybe you don't need both. Maybe you only need to have just the one to get that balance back to where it needs to be. Yeah, and I guess that would be worth touching on is, and obviously the company that now you're focused on is helping people to supplement. Uh, but if they want to know more, hey, what's going on, particularly from a mineral perspective, do you have any perspective on what might be more useful? Because I know when I think mineral testing, I think hair analysis, although you can clearly test for minerals in blood, urine, stool, uh, what's your perspective if a parent just like, okay, I want to get a sense of what's going on with minerals with my child. Um, what, what, what's, what's your perspective on that? Yeah. I mean, that's, 
That's a very difficult question. I've gotten into this concept of, of the cell danger response very much um, and, and what's going on inside each cell in our bodies is, is really where, where all this magic is happening. And if there's something going on and it's in danger, it's pushing a chemical out into uh, of the blood. Let's just say um, a pathogenic bacterium, right? They need iron, so the cells can push iron out. Or uh, the cell is in danger from some other um, method, whether if you think of EMFs or anything like that, and there's some danger there, that cell's not going to be wanting to reproduce. It's not going to want to eat. It's not going to want to function properly, which sends all of your systems now into, and I'm not sure you can pick all of that up in a test. You know, if, if use as an example, thyroid testing, right? They only test for two or three things. But they're, they should be testing for six or seven different things and looking at the ratios between the two and comparing that to how the, the patient is. Because for one person, this, this level may be perfect, um, but they're, you know, they're, they're not well, but they're feeling good. And another one, they may be feeling poorly, but they're, they're, their tests show normal. So it's really it's the, it's the, the clinician who's reading these tests that makes the, the, the big difference to me. Yeah. Is yeah. understanding the patient and what's going on with the patient, how they're feeling, where are they? Because they're, they're ranges. And some of these ranges are monstrous. And, well, you're in the range. Well, maybe you don't belong at that part of the range. Maybe you belong at the other part of the range. Yeah. Right. Which, which, again, is the, the key is working with a practitioner. If you do work with a practitioner, let's say a, a pediatrician, and they're using the standard labs, Quest or LabCorp, et cetera, whatever test they run. I guess you, you don't have a preference, uh, blood, stool, urine, et cetera. So if you're working with a practitioner and they use those basic, those those more established lab companies, as you mentioned, Jeff, like the ranges may be so wild that everyone's going to be in the normal range. But if you do testing under the guidance of a practitioner with other labs that have more precise testing with different ranges, you might wind up um, identifying more opportunities than if you just run the standard tests. Um, right. So again, but again, now, we're, now we're, we're dealing with a lot of cost and additional cost that sometimes is not covered by insurance. Yep. And, 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 and in the autism world, there's a lot of people that, you know, uh, making ends meet is, is a very, very difficult thing to do. You know, so again, you know, they'll go into a store and they'll, they'll look for the least expensive supplement but that can turn out to be the most expensive one. It doesn't work, you know? Uh, so there's a lot of things. But remember with testing, they're generally a snapshot. You know, I mean, what have you eaten in the last three, four weeks? Yeah. That's what it's going to show. You know, it's not going to show where you were unless you have a significant deficiency, you know, that's, that's genetic or, you know, you have some SNPs that are out of whack. Yep. Yep. No, it's a point in time, which is why it, it can get really expensive really quick. So really knowing why you're doing a particular test and even I found the most useful question that I would ask myself is, am I going to do anything differently based on the results I get? Because it was amazing how many times we ran tests and then I got the results, had some outliers and just didn't do anything with it. So, you, you know, if you're going to invest, make sure that you, you know, you understand the company, their approach, and that you will actually do something with it. Otherwise, you're just burning money. Um, and um, and I think the one reason I'll just point out why you're uh, the guest today is because if you are taking a supplement of some kind, and as Jeff just mentioned, you can take one and it may be really expensive because it doesn't help you. 
but um, there's a lot of supplement companies out there. And uh, there are definitely better companies that truly care about the ingredients that are in there, not just that supplement, that mineral, let's say that's in there, but what else is added? Because we have, uh, my wife and I have a crazy allergy kid who's allergic to so many things. We have to be extra vigilant uh, on anything that we give him. And so, um, so your company passed the test of at least truly backing up their claims that they are mindful about the ingredients that they use and that those supplements, if you need one, is, isn't there in a capsule with a bunch of stuff that's actually contrary to health. So to so talk a little bit about, you know, kind of how you, your mission and how you, your company operates uh, to have the cleanest ingredients that you can. All right. So we we started out with, with probiotics and, and digestive enzymes. Our digestive enzymes were designed to, we, we called it probiotic compatible. So the, the, the food that you ate was digested and, you know, to make sure that it would feed your probiotics. Um, but in our, our probiotics and our initial enzyme, we knew that stomach acid was a big issue. So we had to come up with a way of getting things through the stomach. And we didn't want to use, you know, I mean, sometimes just, you know, capsules will break open in the stomach anyway. That, that, that stomach acid really is a barrier. It'll knock down two to three logarithms of activity. Now, I say logarithms and people forget their math. If you had $1,000 and you lost two logarithms, you're down to 10. If you lost three logarithms, you're down to one. All right, so you, you lose this kind of, of, of activity going through the stomach acid. So we can get things through the stomach acid. And some enzymes are partially denatured by stomach acid. So we, we went through everything we could do to protect the, the product from the fermenter, if you will, at where they were growing the bacteria to your fermenter, which is your colon. Right? So we tried to protect everything along the way. So we would use glass bottles. Yes, they cost a little bit more, right? but they protect the product a little bit better. Yes, we make sure that everything is dry because moisture has a significant impact on things inside the bottle. You know, you can do all these things and then just don't add a lot of excipients. Just make sure everything you put in there has a function. Now, yes, there are some things you have to put in there to make things flow. There's either rice or 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 right? something like that that you have to use. And you can argue either one, which is better than the other. You know, what it is is you just have to have something. Otherwise, things just don't get into the castle. Um, but understanding how things work with our probiotics, we understood that not all probiotics get along. It's like putting two kids in a sandbox that don't like each other or in a hot car on a long trip. You know, they, they'll get there just fine, but it's not a great journey. So we looked at even that kind of detail. How do they get along? How do we get them through the stomach? How do we wake them up? All of these things mattered to us as far as making a product that you could feel working. And, and so that, that's what we did. Uh, that's where we started. And then in uh, 2019, we purchased a company called US Enzymes. And um, they, their, their philosophy was exactly the same, only they, they had one detail that we didn't have. They put 31, 62, or 93 capsules in a bottle. Why? Yeah. Seven months have 31 days. That's the detail that we're not shorting people seven capsules or six capsules, depending on leap year and stuff, a year. We're putting more in there. You're getting more. It's, 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 it's such a tiny detail, but it's, it spoke to us about the, the, the quality and the thinking that went into every single bit of the product. You, know, you can buy enzymes from a, a cheap source. You can buy them from the best source. You know, We started out in, in, in 2002 
and we publish third-party lab tests online by lot number for strength, purity, and activity of our probiotics. People don't do that today. We still do it because we want you to be able to say, I know what you're getting. And then when it comes to probiotics, you just can't put down like lactobacillus acidophilus, right? There may be 200 of them. Some are sticky, some are not sticky, which means they have the ability to stick around for a while. Um, some may be really beneficial in one way. Some may be beneficial in a different way. But if you don't know, if you just have that information, you don't know what it is. If you add the strain designation after that, now you know specifically what it is. And if you look at the studies that a lot of parents are looking at, it says you need 3 billion CFU of this strain. Well, if you just have a blend, how do you know how many of that strain there are in there? So we just went into all kinds of detail like that to try and make the best product we could so that you know, parents, when they did take the product, give it to their children, you know, it, would, it didn't always work because sometimes the wrong organism, you know, it's just, we don't know, you know, but for the, everything that we tried to do, made sure that it had a result. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's it's just simply, you know, if you're going to do something for your child, uh, you know, we always talk about how do fewer things and do them well. So it's the same thing with a supplement. If you find a supplement that uh, that is something that's needed and, and you supplement, great. But if you're taking 10 or 20 and you're not even, you don't even remember why you're doing X, Y, and Z, that's not a recipe for success. So if you're going to do something, do it well, which for at least my wife and I meant the highest quality we could get without things that were actually going to get in the way. And, um, and I know this, uh, I found out about your company because uh, uh, in some of our genomic testing that we've done, sulforaphane is something that's really key for our kids. So we're looking for, we were looking for a good clean product. Uh, and I know you have uh sulforaxum, uh, which is something that we're going to be looking at. Now, my son's got a life-threatening peanut allergy, so I need to make sure I understand about your processes. But, uh, but you know, I started going to conferences, autism conferences, a dozen years ago, and Dr. Sid Baker, even back then, was talking about the, the, the miraculous impact of broccoli sprouts. Right. Something like that is a good example where, hey, if you can get that and eat broccoli sprouts and you can get your child to eat broccoli sprouts, fantastic but they're hard to find. And if you do find them, they go bad really quickly. So for us, that's a good example where, hey, if we can find a really good clean supplement that provides the the magic that are in broccoli sprouts, um, then then we will do that. There's two two ways that um, you can you can get sulforaphane. Um, and, and in a broccoli sprout, there are two vesicles, right? One has leucoraphin and the other one has morosinase. And when you chew, right, these two chemicals come together, they're breaking, they break open and they come together and they make sulforaphane. So, it, you, so if you were going to have a supplement, you had to have a stabilized form of morosinase and you had to have a stabilized form of glucoraphane. So that when you took them and you put them together, it would make sulforaphane. The other way is to find a good stable source of sulforaphane. So what we, the, originally what we had was the, the two different, the glucoraphane and the morosinase. Then we found a really good source of stabilized, but we added the morosinase just as a, a little extra to make sure that anything that didn't get converted could be converted by having the morosinase. And, and we have a lot of doctors who uh, have been using that. And if you go to, to uh, and look up sulforaphane and, and you go to uh, the papers coming out of Johns Hopkins, you can see a, a, a ton of really good information on how it, how it 
how it impacts, you know, your, your brain. Now it crosses the, 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 comes out of your gut, gets into your bloodstream and it can cross the blood brain barrier and make a significant difference. I have, uh, I have a, a doctor that we work with in, in, uh, in Michigan and he says, you know, it doesn't work for everybody, but works for a few that I've gotten my, some nonverbal patients to become verbal. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you never know as a parent, what's going to be that what it is missing link or the key thing that again, it's not going to cure anything. It's just, what is it that your child might be needing that they're just not getting now? And again, if you can't get it through food, um, it's great to know that supplements can, can definitely fill that gap. And if you're going to do it, you know, again, find a company that cares, that's hearts in the right place, because there's a lot of companies out there. Um, so choose wisely is what we always recommend. And uh, and uh, just appreciate what you're doing and um, and helping, especially today with helping people better understand the, the why behind food is, is I, I think it's something that can only help parents to, again, get in a position where they can discern for themselves what's the best move for their child. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a, a book called The Mineral Code, and I can't right off the top of my head pull up the, the name of the author. Uh, it's a fascinating book. If you really like getting into the weeds, you know, if you, if you had any chemistry background and you want to get into the weeds, that's, that's a, an interesting book to read it's called The Mineral Code, which I had the right here. Right here, I can pick it up and show it to you, but I don't. Yeah, no worries. I'll include it in the show notes. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, for anybody who's watching the video of this, everything's getting dark because I got a major thunderstorm that just moved in uh, by me. But um, but yeah, the mineral code, I'll include the link. And again, Jeff, I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to have this more in-depth, deep dive into minerals for our audience. I know it's going to help many, many people. Right. Well, I hope I hope all the parents out there that, that, that are dealing with these can can have some faith and have some belief because that energy can go a long, long way. You know, if it's like it's like me every morning I get up, I have two choices. It's going to be a good day or a bad day. You know, which choice I'm taking every single day. Right. I'm not going to pick a, it's going to be a bad day ever. So. You know, so it's how you how you think, how you perceive all those things, plus what you do can make a huge, huge difference. No doubt. No doubt at all. Thank you again, Jeff. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome, Lynn. Take care. Want to discover your top autism parenting blind spot? Take our free quiz today. Go to allinparent.com slash go.